Maybe you've heard that old phrase, uh, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. It's a very powerful phrase and it's very, very true as well. If you don't have some core values, some things that you won't give up on, you won't let go of, you won't change your mind about, no matter what kind of pressure you're under. If you don't have some core values like that, something to truly hold on to, then every time society or culture or the politician in charge of the office today changes, you simply go along with whatever's right for the day, which oftentimes means you lose your liberty, you lose your direction, and you lose your way. If you're a leader, you cannot afford to abandon those things called core values. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. It's really hard to think of a time when everything was consistent for a long period of time. I know we can go back to the with 20s and 30s and we see world change at the end of World War I and leading up to World War II. We see that there were major cataclysmic shifts in the way that people think. And I believe it was around that time that God died publicly. Uh, there was actually an article published, the headline said, God is dead. And that kind of shook the world for a lot of people of faith who had to begin to question, is everything that I believe true or have I been lied to up to this point? Now, if you just simply went in the world of religious instruction, my particular faith is Christian, but if you were to go across the world of religious instruction, you could go all the way back to the dawn of history when we first started keeping record. And you'll find that from before there were handwritten notes and tablets and things written on walls and caves, there were stories that were told. And those stories that were told have been utilized again and again and again, and some of them with great consistency, and some of them not so much. In fact, if you just study world religions, you'll find that there are a lot of similarities between some ancient Egyptian religions and the stories that the Bible tells about Jesus. You'll also find that there are some stories of the Roman gods and the Greek gods that were very similar to what comes out in the Bible, but they're not exactly the same. There are some claims that are made by ancient religions and current religions, and if you just study in religion, you're going to find yourself thoroughly confused. I'm sorry, that's just the truth. The reality, though, is that when you look at religions compared to science, and by science, I mean <clears throat> not the conjectured, projected, we think it might be someday kind of like this. I'm talking about the historical records where you can actually go back and say there's evidence to this fact. Archaeological digs, for an example, have found things that previously history said, no, we don't think that was true. But it was annotated in the Bible. It was in scriptures. It was in foundational religious texts from 2,000, 3,000 years ago. And although history had kind of modified it along the way because it was not convenient to be true, science went back and found the actual archaeological spot, dug up the dirt, pulled out the artifacts, and went, oh, look, matter of fact, it is true. Now, if you base your core values on ideas that have been well thought out, thoroughly researched, and developed, not just from the historicity, but 
does that idea still hold water today? Meaning, if I apply those values to my life, will I get good results? Will I achieve what I want to achieve? Will I accomplish what I want to accomplish? And, and it's been pretty consistent that <clears throat> if you have a positive attitude, you have a better chance of success in life. If you have a negative attitude, you have a horrible chance in life. Because no matter what happens, no matter who does something to you, around you, near you, with you in mind, you're going to have ill effects from it because the negative attitude just seems to attract those bad vibes. Now, you might think this guy's talking about vibes and religion at the same time. What is wrong with him? Well, let me, let me be real clear on something. I don't believe, and I think there's sufficient evidence to this, I don't believe that the vibes idea is purely secular. Ah, no, see, I think that when God talks about how to control the things that you think about, in Philippians, Paul wrote about it. In the Old Testament, David wrote about it. Solomon wrote about it. If you go further back than that, there was conversation about how you treat one another, the energy that you have inside and how you've got to have that relationship one with another. Well, why do you think the, the Ten Commandments include honor your father and your mother? Because the attitude you have towards your parents, towards authority, will have a large indicator as to whether or not you have success on this earth. In fact, it says honor your father and mother that your days will be long on the earth, meaning you're not going to have a very long life if you have a miserable life and you dishonor the people that you should respect. Unfortunately, we've lost a lot of that in our culture, in our society. We've lost respect for authority. We've lost the power to maintain dignity in relationships. All of that is intertwined. And it's very easy to think, well, I'm just going to live my life my way. I'm going to do things my way. And I really don't care what you do. Well, that's a nice, I don't know, hologram of a life. But the reality is every decision you make, every emotion you feel, every attitude that you exhibit doesn't just impact you. It impacts people around you on every side. The way you feel about yourself changes the way you treat the people around you. And if you don't have core values that say, I believe that human life is valuable. I believe that your life is as valuable as mine. I believe that you have the right to exist in the same space that I have. I believe that you should be treated with dignity. If you don't have core values like that, then you're going to do what's best for you. Forget about everybody else. You can't lead consistently like that. Because what's good for you today may not be good for you tomorrow. And what it demands of you treating other people around you to get what you want today will change tomorrow. And if someone convinces you that if you simply lie about that group of people, abandon that group of people, mistrust that group of people, then your life will be better. Then that manipulation will change the way you treat others and what you believe about yourself. Are you following me? See, it's been real popular in recent years to try to divide groups of humans whether it's based on race or religious creed or national origin. Uh, we've even written laws here in the U.S. about how to treat employees equal opportunity. And you can't discriminate based on someone's religion or their national origin or their sexual orientation because that's not fair and it's not right. But if you start with a core value that I believe all humans are created by God and that they all have the same inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you start there, 
then the rest of that doesn't matter. If you start with the idea that everybody that you come in contact with, every human being has the right to be treated with dignity and respect, then all the rest of it begins to fall to the wayside, doesn't it? It's the people who work really hard to create the distrust, to create the inequities, to call out these problems. Those are the ones who are creating the bigger problem and not solving one. Why? Well, because they've learned to profit on the problem they create. Look, if you want to lead with consistency, with clarity, figure out what your core values are. I'm not going to tell you what to have for core values, but I'm going to tell you there are some that are really strong. My three top core values, and there's a whole lot under each of them, but my three top core values are faith, family, and freedom. I believe that my faith is important to every decision that I make. My faith is Christianity. My faith is based on the Word of God, as I interpret it, and Jesus Christ. Now, I don't interpret it alone. I interpret it through the lenses of thousands, perhaps millions of other people who have walked in a life and a relationship with Jesus Christ and have made conjectures and revelations and also proven evidenced experience about what this life with Christ is like. Well, that's where my faith starts. And my faith informs me on how I should treat my family, my wife, my children, my siblings, my parents, all across the line. It also includes that idea of family being all of us as humanity as a core. And I believe that humans are a higher element than, say, frogs. I love my dogs, but I even see humans as a higher element than dogs. If I had to choose between the life of a human and the life of my dog, I would choose the human. Even if I don't know them, even if I don't like them, as much as I love my dogs, if I had to choose between another human and my dog, I would choose the human. Why? Because my faith informs me that humans are family and that family is important. Now, Lilo and Stitch even made that point, right? This is my family. It's broken and it's small, but it's still good. There are a lot of broken families and they come in all shapes and sizes. But if we hold that faith and family are both important, then our faith informs us how to lead our family, how to live in our family, how to interact with our family and how to treat our family, both our biological family and our collective family. But then that third element of freedom, that one can be tricky because people get mistaken views on freedom when they, when they believe that rights and freedom are the same, and they're not. See, you have the right to do a lot of things that would impose on my freedom. Yep, it's true. I have a lot of rights to do things that would impose on your freedom. But I'm also free to do things that I don't have the right to do. Let that one settle in for a moment. It's not legal for me, for an example, to stand in a large auditorium full of people and yell fire. Well, we have the right to free speech, don't we? Yeah, but it's restricted at a certain point. And we have the freedom to raise our voices, don't we? Well, you do, but... While you're free to raise your voice, there will be consequences to that. See, that's where rights and freedom begin to cross a line. You're free to do pretty much anything you want to do. But at the point where your rights stop, it becomes a privilege to exercise that freedom. And sometimes it becomes consequential 
in your life. Or you're free to drive 150 miles an hour if your car is fast enough. If you can find enough of a straightaway, chances are you're going to get a ticket. It's probably going to be for reckless driving, and they may possess your car at the end of the, the stop because they will take you to jail at 150 miles an hour, and they will impound your car, and you may or may not get it back because that kind of speed is considered excessive to the potential of reckless driving, which can be a felony in some states. And committing a felony is a crime, and using your car to do it makes your vehicle a tool in the committing of a felony, which gives the law enforcement people the opportunity to impound it, to confiscate it, and to sell it at auction. Do you have the freedom to drive 150 miles an hour? Sure you do. Are there going to be consequences? Of course there will. Not to mention what would happen if you were to hit someone at that speed or to hit a dog or a rock at that speed. You could take your own life or someone else's very easily. See, these are, these are things that we don't think through when we don't think through the details of having core values. Core values say, I behave in a way that is consistent with the things that I say that I believe. I believe in faith, family, and freedom. I exercise my freedoms, but I also understand that other people have freedoms and my freedom and their freedom should not be at odds with each other. My freedom to speak my mind shouldn't offend other people. That's not good. Why? Well, because we go back to faith and we've got to equally treat each other. Treat each other with love and respect. The old golden rule, right? Treat people the way you want to be treated. That's not hard stuff. But if you want to lead with consistency and clarity, the first thing you've got to do is sit down and figure out what are those core values. Now, somebody asked me a question earlier. It's been a few days now. They said, how do we lead in an organization with vast amounts of diversity? When we've got diversity and inclusion, we've got people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different nationalities, different generations, different education levels. How do we lead them cohesively in the same direction? And I said, and I believe this completely, the core values of your organization will make all the difference in the world. If your organization has solid core values, maybe they're not labeled as mine are faith, family, and freedom, but if your organization has solid core values, then all you have to remember is that I'm going to operate within the realm of the core values of the organization. I'm going to do what works well for everyone. I'm going to treat everyone with the same level of respect. I'm going to treat everyone as if they are the most important person in the world. I'm going to treat everyone fairly and equally, and it doesn't matter if I like them. When you can reach that level, when your organization reaches that level, you're going to find a lot of peace. You're also going to find a lot of prosperity in your organization because treating other people well also means I don't care who gets the spotlight. I don't care who gets credit for the success. I don't have to take my name off of it and put your name on it to make you feel good. But I don't care if both our names are on it or no names are on it. I'm willing to move the spotlight as long as the organization is better in the end. There's a great book called It's Your Ship. I don't remember the admiral's uh, name who wrote it, but the book is called It's Your Ship, and the concept is really simple, and it speaks very powerfully to these core values. He said, look, if you have an idea, I want your idea, if it's a good idea, to be promoted. And that means I, as an admiral, don't need to get the credit for it. I'm going to say to you, it's your ship. Every idea, every innovation, every thought, every policy, every promise that you want to make about what you think can be done differently, you take full responsibility for it. If what you come up with makes everything on the ship run horribly, you take the blame. 
You take all the consequences. You take all the responsibility. But if it leads to some magnanimous award and the president coming to our ship and telling us how wonderful we are, you also take all of the credit. Because I believe that if you take responsibility for the decisions that you make and the choices that you want to implement on everybody else, that you should both get the blame and the glory. Now, what an idea for society, right? What if everybody in our society both took the blame for their bad ideas and got the glory for their good ideas, rather than all of that being shuffled to a certain group of people, whether it's in the White House or it's in the company executive suite? So long as we can find a way to say, we're all going to be treated fairly, you get both the blame and the credit for your ideas, I think that's a pretty solid core value we should consider. What do you think? I think if you will take the time to, dis to establish, define, and clearly articulate, voice your core values as an individual, as a family, as an organization, live them out. Live them every day. Don't just say you believe that everybody is equal. Treat everybody like they're equal. And you're going to find a whole lot more clarity and consistency in the way you lead and in the organizations you lead. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.